I'm back. So that, uh, I guess the internet just cut out. So it just got cut right in the middle of, uh, of the transmission, which is okay. Um, I'm adaptable. I think I was uh, talking about uh, the neediness. I was talking about neediness in um, the wounded child, the adapted adolescent, and the functional adult. So let me go back for a moment and just say that the whole goal of healing is that the functional adult within you is able to see all perspectives, isn't stuck in a story. But how you can tell you're stuck in a story is you act like the wounded child, the adapted adolescent, or the adapted adolescent. So this is what your, your stories sound like. And your stories of suffering, which puts you in a victim standpoint or a wounded child standpoint, um, the wounded child part of you is needy. The, the adapted adolescent, you can tell you're in an adolescent story, is when you're needless. You're like, oh, fuck you. One of the things, one of the kind of jokes that I have with my clients as they're, you know, have, they're struggling and we're working through their triggers with them, I'm like, how old do you feel right now? And they're like, fuck, I feel about 16. I'm like, exactly. And the great part about it is when you can, when you can call out your story and you can actually go, ah, I'm being an, uh, uh, I'm being a, uh, an adapted, I'm being an adolescent right now. In that moment, your higher self takes over and you are no longer possessed by it. If you can't see your story, you can't see it, where? What story? And this is what they say. You can't see it when you're literally possessed by it. Okay, it's a really neat trick of the ego. It's so painful. The story, which is there to cover these feelings, okay, is so painful that we stay stuck in our heads in the story. And when we're in our heads in the story, we can't see it because it's actually possessing us. Let me just... Does this make sense? I think a few of you have come back. That's okay. Um, lost, lost many of you. So how do you know when you're stuck in a story? Well, whenever you are feeling, the, the wounded child feels out of control. The adolescent is very controlling, okay? And the act is flexible and flexible and moderate okay I put some notes here so how to tell when you're stuck in a story you're either the needy child needy wounded child adapted adolescent or functional adult so the wounded child is needy the adapted adolescent is needless and the adult is able to communicate their needs as a functional adult, it's like, listen, I really need you. I really, really would love to have, I really need you to be a little bit softer, a little less aggressive with your feedback. Okay, great. That's a very functional adult way to communicate. But when you're stuck in a story of, you're so mean to me, then you're being the wounded child. Okay, so the whole idea is to get us to a place where we feel a confidence, a connection to our functional adult self where we can communicate our needs. So 
the wounded child stories feel out of control. Oh my God, I'm out of control. I'm out of control. The wounded child is out of control. The adapted adolescent in us is very controlling, wants to control everything. That's our adapted adolescent. Whereas our functional adult, again, is flexible and moderate, doesn't, doesn't need to control isn't too controlling, isn't feeling out of control. It's got some flexibility, taking lead, and also is able to follow. It's like a dance, is able to participate in the dance. The wounded child is attention, is needy of attention. Anytime you're finding yourself needy of attention, just know that you're stuck in a wounded child story. I'm not enough. I'm not, you know, nobody likes me. Everybody's out to get me. That's attention. Okay, that's your wounded child is seeking attention. A lot of times our clients uh, on group calls will start acting like needy, needy, attention-seeking behavior that's usually coinciding with a wounded child story. Adapted adolescent is seeking intensity. The wounded child part of you is seeking attention. But the adapted adolescent part of you is seeking intensity, the high. That's when they're trying to go after the sexual high. Those are the ones having the affairs. That's the adapted adolescent within you. Whereas the functional adult part of you is seeking integrity and harmony. Okay? So um, the wounded child part of us idealizes our caretakers, mommy and daddy, you know, their their word is the law the adapted adolescent part of us is disillusioned with our caretakers whenever screw you mom screw you dad this is when you're stuck in an adapted adolescent story and the functional adult part of us has a realistic view of our caretakers isn't really you know it's, we're in reality about our caretakers we understand that they're human beings with their own wounds we don't have them on a pedestal and we don't throw them in a pit that's our functional adult self whereas the wounded child part of you is always going to want mommy and daddy to, to 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 see you and understand you when unfortunately for most of them they don't have emotional attunement they don't understand empathy they were raised in an environment of spare the rod spoil the child and they didn't know why they had they didn't really have a good understanding of why they wanted to have have children oftentimes having kids is based on their own egoic needs it's like okay so I'm supposed to have kids because this is you know what we do or I always I really really want someone to need me or I don't want to lose that guy so I want to have his kid <laughs> you know so without really a, a, a firm understanding of why your parents wanted to have children without the training of how to emotionally attune to a child then they are raised at the effect of their traumas. So when we're raised by that level of, of unconscious parenting, our needy child inside of us is going to constantly be telling stories and wishing your parents would grow the fuck up, wishing your parents would one day finally see you. And one of the challenges of the work that you know we do with our clients is helping them see that instead of waiting for them to finally see you, better to identify what part of you has been triggered and what story you're telling and wanting mommy and daddy to see me is my 
wounded child speaking and then being pissed off at them and saying, fuck you, don't talk to me again, I'm going to hang up on you. That is my adapted adolescent who's disillusioned with caretakers. But the functional adult part of me knows they did the best they can with the tools that they had, which was very not not great. But my work is to heal the parts of me, myself, that were not seen and understood by them because they didn't have the ability to attune to me, wasn't in their training. And to appreciate the journey because now, based on my experiences, I get to teach Dominic something totally different. I'm sure I'm going to fuck him up in another way. I'm saying this now in as three months old. Sorry when you watch this, Domsey, when you watch this in 20, 25 years. I'm, I'm going to do the best I can as well. But then is I have the cool thing is I have the tools to help you uh, understand, uh, understand that I did the best that I could as well. <laughs> so this is kind of like I'm telling you in advance. This is a message to my son. So. What I'd like for you to do, if you you know watch the other one, I think uh, it got cut off if you're jumping right right now. We have those three states that we're that we can identify, and we can see if we're stuck in a story: the wounded child, the adapted adolescent, or the functional adult. The functional adult has understanding, okay. But the wounded child and the adapted adolescent are so stuck in their stories that they're not able to see anything else. So my question to you is this. In the last week, in a given week, in this holiday season, which of these um, <laughs> perfect parents exist but they don't have kids? Nice one, Jennifer. Um, I'd like to ask you this. In a given week, where have your behaviors been? Adapted adolescent, wounded child, or functional adult? How have you been showing up? If you can be honest, and it's not easy to admit, because if you're in it, the last thing you want to do is admit, yeah, I'm being a needy, wounded child. Yeah, I'm being a disillusioned, fuck you, adapted adolescent. But this is the way, this is the first step towards overcoming that story. Because what's happening is that adapted adolescent or that wounded child inside of you, what's happening is in that moment of trigger, they're asking for you to rescue them. They're not really going to be adequately feeling sufficient amount of love if you get it from the outside. This is the difference between being externally driven and driven from internal. And all the lack of fulfillment in our lives happen because we are disconnected and dissociated from regulating ourselves. We are obsessed with having other people finally choose us. Then we get into uh, codependent relationships. We become anxiously attached or we become avoidant. When we don't really get this right, we get stuck on a story and we repeat the same patterns. We then feel hopeless in relationships. We then would rather be single and go be with cats. A lot of people and say, oh, forget, I, I don't need, I'm happy single. Well, the truth of the matter is, what, what the truth is, I don't know, what you're really saying is, I don't know how to prevent myself from losing myself.
when I get into a relationship. So I'm going to tell the story that, oh, I'm too good for everyone and psh, relationships are a bunch of hassle and uh, who needs them. And I believe you, they've been a hassle previously if you haven't learned how to self-regulate and become trigger-proof. Become emo becoming emotionally trigger-proof, not trigger-less, has been the one skill that I predicted last year around this time. This is what I said. You can go back. I can even show you. I predicted this. The two skills that are most important to learn in 2020, I said this last December, before COVID hit. I said the two skills that we must learn, how to become trigger-proof, taking our triggers and turning it into deeper connection with ourselves and taking the conflicts within our family and turning it into deeper connection. So in other words, growing from each trigger and each conflict, falling deeper into connection. And lo and behold, COVID hits and all of that, all of my predictions were true. It's like the people who really are crushing it who did amazing in 2020, some of our clients who going from paralyzing anxiety, jumping in and working with us, learning how to become trigger proof, their anxiety went down to the point where she was like, Samantha was like, I'm never gonna have a kid. And now she's pregnant, she's made it public. Uh, her husband was like, come on, let's have a baby. She's like, no, my health issues, I have health problems, I have anxiety, there's no way. And so I got on a call with the two of them and I said, what is what outcome would, would Samantha have to get in order for you to know that this is different than any other program or anything she's done? Because she's a nurse and she's done everything. What, what do you think? And he was like, yeah, I'd want it to be, uh, if she were to say I'm ready to have a kid, I know that, that, that that's completely, her life has changed beyond anything she's ever done before. And lo and behold, within a few months, we had it. Because she learned that how she was stuck in a story as a wounded child. She was dissociated and disconnected from her family. And there was resentment. There was perfectionism. All of this because of unresolved attachment wounds. And she was like, this is the one thing I haven't done. I've done everything. I've done therapy. I've done counseling, done it all. Nothing worked. And she was able, and then it was tough because in the beginning, your stories are so deeply ingrained in your identity. The most, most powerful force in the universe is your identity. You will not just let it go easily. In order for you to heal, in order for you to create relationships, we must let go of old identities of who we've thought ourselves to be. It's terrifying. These stories, these poor me, my mom did this, my father was an abusive alcoholic, my, like repeating that, my father was an abusive alcoholic, my father was an abusive alcoholic, becomes your identity. And you carry that identity with you. You could be in your 50s and still telling that story and you're still the wounded child. And if you're in the emotional kind of uh, emotional level of wounded child, guess what kind of relationships you're going to attract? You're going to attract other, you're going to attract the exact same level that you're at. You're going to attract wounded children. If you are stuck in adapted adolescent, fuck the world, fuck humanity, fuck everything, you know, and you're in that adapted adolescent stage and you're stuck there, 
guess what you're going to get into relationship with? Other people stuck in an adapted adolescent story. So don't be surprised if you have these intense push-pull dynamics of trauma bonds of dismisser, pursuer, distancer, back, forth, push-pull because you're craving that intensity, having affairs, getting into all this drama. Guess what? You're stuck in a wounded child story or adapted adolescent story. And there's no amount of therapy that can overcome this because this is not a cognitive and rational process. You can, you can behave a certain way, get into arguments, get triggered, start throwing shit, break shit, become abusive. And then the next day, you're like, what the fuck did I do? Like, okay, I have to stop doing that. But you can't stop because it's not a cognitive process. This is in your body. The story is not something that you're just telling other people. The story is what you become in your body when you get triggered. Right? The adapted adolescent. Yeah, I can go over that, Jennifer. The wounded child feels worthless. The adapted adolescent is arrogant. The adult, functional adult within you, finds esteem from within. The wounded child feels needy. Those needy stories. The adapted adolescent feels needless. The functional adult can communicate their needs. The wounded child is out of control. Oh, oh, overwhelmed. Oh my gosh, overwhelmed. I'm out of control. That's a wounded child story. The adapted adolescent is controlling. Needs to control everything. That's when you're in your adapted adolescent. Whereas the functional adult part of you is flexible and is moderate. This is what happens when we do the work to, to, to really um, heal those attachment wounds. The wounded child within you is seeking attention. Attention. I need attention. I need attention. The adapted adolescent needs intensity. <laughs> you need to have this intensity all the time. That's your adolescent self. Whereas the functional adult... The functional adult lives with integrity and harmony. The wounded child within you idealizes parents and romantic or romantic partners. Let me say this again. This is. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof podcast, designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the overview experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. This is for you anxious attached.
okay the anxious attach even avoidance you have an idealizing of your parent or you're idealizing of your romantic partner oh this person white knight in shining armor is going to rescue me is going to treat me like so ah uh, idealizes the partner um the adapted adolescent is disillusioned by your caretakers and your partner if you're like oh i'm so sick of him he's such a jerk you're in your adapted adolescent story and i'm not saying that it's your fault okay i'm saying that there's a screen a movie screen playing you're blaming the screen i'm talking about going inside and finding that projector that's projecting a story of adapted adolescent this is how you learn how to dismantle the story is by getting very um keen on getting to the root of it and the functional adult is in reality about your caretakers and romantic partners like i know like my wife and i we get each other we understand each other's wounds we know what triggers one another we're there to help one another co-regulate we're actually a team and this is where secure attachment this is where becoming a functional adult is important so many of us who are stuck in limbo not knowing whether or not we should stay or we should go feeling single feeling afraid of ever getting into relationship again this is wise for us to learn how to become functional adults within relationships where we're able to not be needless not be overly needy but be able to communicate our needs not romanticize somebody or or fantasize but be in reality with the person that you're with being a two-sided coin does that help jennifer so here's my question this is the main question over the last week over the last couple of weeks where have your behaviors been pointing have you been the wounded child or the adapted adolescent with your stories what has your behavior been like now how do you know well, every time you're triggered, okay, if you find yourself shutting down, losing your temper, sulking, freaking out, or dissociating, sulking, these are our wounded child stories and behaviors. This is a good example that you're stuck in a story. When your behaviors are shutting down, running away, this is what we notice, and we see this with our clients all the time. They go, they get into shut, they get upset because they were triggered, but that's not knowing that's, that that's actually part of the curriculum so that they can observe their behavior. And we go, ah, wow, I was totally a wounded child there. Oh my gosh, I was so a fuck you adapted adolescent. I'm leaving. I don't care. Like we see this. This is our program, our, our programs. This is like, this is what we see in our communities, right? This is actually a good thing for us to really look and to get better a better understanding of our own behavior because if we can see it we don't have to be it let me say that again if we can see it if I can see that I'm being the wounded child then I cease to be the wounded child then it doesn't possess me and I have choice in the matter and now I can choose and create a healthy secure relationship rather than be driven by the story of my wounded child or needy needy wounded child or needless like screw you adapted adolescent which really sabotages and destroys relationships because we have two people acting out <laughs> so if you find yourself when you're triggered acting in those ways then 
they are taking over. And if you could, if you've been honest over the last couple of weeks in this holiday season, what have been your behaviors? What have been your patterns? And I'd love to invite you to make 2022, 21 different. <laughs> I said this last year in December. If you're meeting me for the first time, I said it last year and it became totally true. People like Sam completely changing, now pregnant, healthier, able to regulate her emotions, relationship more connected than ever. Laura, who be single mother her, with her boyfriend, really disconnected and stuck financially, all of this stuff. She learned these two skills, what I'm telling you, the most important skills you can learn in 2021 is how to take your triggers and turn them into deeper self-connection and how to take your conflicts and turn it into deeper intimacy so that you can create a foundation for relationships to thrive in your space, for, for people to feel safe around you. Because if you're not able to regulate your emotions, people can't tell the truth around you because you're not able to handle your emotions around them. So they'll hide, they'll withhold the truth around you because you just go, you know, you, you can't regulate yourself. So because of that, people don't feel safe to express themselves around you. And I'm not saying you... I'm saying what's personal to you is universal to all of us. I was noticing my staff as a, when I was a chiropractor, they wouldn't tell me the truth. They, didn't, they were afraid of my reaction. I'm teaching you what I needed to learn the most. And when I made this a priority to learn, everything around me transformed, and I was able to create what I had never been able to create in my life, which is a secure relationship where we, do con we, we, surf, in, we surf through conflict. It feels safe to be in my relationship. She feels safe to be with me. My son gets to be raised in an environment where we're committed to having every conflict turn into, into something deeper, as intimacy, rather than having a conflict escalate, go from zero to 800 in two seconds flat so that everyone feels on edge. That's what happens in your household when you're not able to regulate your emotions is nobody feels safe and health problems start to kick in that's as a chiropractor that's what i'm super duper inspired to to teach so the question is what do i do how do i learn to heal those attachment wounds well this is what this community is about i have breathwork events and the overview experience event which is happening tomorrow just so happens it starts in less than 24 hours in like tw like i don't know it starts in about 18 hours from this recording uh, and it's a five-hour deep dive into uncovering that wounded child, that adapted adolescent, and integrating what we call your shadows, the parts of you that you feel ashamed of, the parts of you you don't want anybody to know about. Those are running you in the background. If we don't learn how to regulate that, no relationship is healthy. So I have these events that I put on so that I can train. Well, it's for my community, but then I open them up for the public and uh, make it affordable for everybody to participate from the comfort of their own home. And we're doing it tomorrow. So those of you who are coming, I know we have several guests coming from all over the world. Somebody's, somebody actually registered. She's, she's going to be in the middle of the night. She's in Europe. And so she's literally going to be 
tuning in from the mid in the middle of the night. Like she, it starts, I think, like one a.m. her time. She's all the way in like Spain or something. So it's really cool. Those of you that are coming, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be getting you to just dump that story out. So this story that's been running your life, that's been causing you resentment, that's been causing you guilt, that's been causing you shame, you literally puke it out onto paper. You don't have to share it with anybody if you don't want. Many people do because it's such a safe space. You're listening to other people's stories and you're like, holy crap, I'm not alone in mine. Then I teach you how to literally dismantle the story so that you can see it rather than have to be it. So that you can go from wounded child to adapted adolescent to functional adult and have the tools to be able to find and dismantle conflict. Why? Well, because that's probably the most important um, skill that you've never been taught. How did you get taught how to dismantle conflict? How was conflict done in your home? What's been the impact of your inability to handle conflict in your life? People say, I, I never saw my parents, never saw them conflict. There was never any, it was just wasn't shown. So in other words, you don't know what to do with conflict. Or you saw it happening every fucking day and you're just like, ah, conflict means utter devastation. So I'm just going to avoid it. And so we have an effed up relationship with conflict. And my whole raison d'etre for teaching is to help people understand is that your unresolved conflicts actually create health problems. There is a tie-in with conflict and your health, which conflict through trauma. Why, why, sh why should we learn this? Why is this an important skill? Well, conflict, unresolved trauma gets stored in the body, and if we don't work towards dismantling it, over time, our health really starts to deteriorate. In your 40s, 50s, 60s, you don't feel healthy. Chronic illness comes in. Chronic pain. It is critical for us to learn how to dismantle conflict. Otherwise, it takes over. So follow the link in the, in the comments there and uh, join us. And um, really, if you feel inspired if, if this has been relevant for you please um, invite several people make sure you subscribe on youtube uh, share this publicly with people so we can get the message out uh, and uh, i want you to if you're in the facebook group invite three or four of your friends that you know should be listening to this training invite them into this group and tag them here and let them know why because intergenerational trauma is a massive massive problem and most of the problems that you're dealing with are at the cause at the effect of intergenerational trauma so I stand for healed families because when you take ownership of this work all of a sudden you can heal yourself and then your father who you were a victim to at some point you can now see him with compassionate eyes so um, Sending um, sending you so much love. Jennifer, you said thank you for the description of the adapted adolescent, the father of Mike, the guy I'm um, 
I'm dating committed suicide. His sister stole all his dad's money, which was in the millions. His mother drove his father to kill himself. Wow. His story is that his mom and his sister are greedy psychopaths. I see both wounded child and adolescent. I don't know much about his personal relationship, but professionally, he has done extremely well for himself. He's a millionaire several times over. My intuitive sense that he's very angry with women. When we are together, he talks almost nonstop. It's very intense. The times I've voiced my opinions or something about myself, the look on his face is just weird, very theatrical most almost overly dramatic which confuses me and causes me to uh, lose my words and in silence he takes over the conversation again weird we've only been on several dates and my sense is that he's really lost even though he's read all those new agey books for a group <laughs> which is a huge turnoff yeah just because you've read a few books or, or done some uh, podcasts it doesn't mean shit <laughs> There's a difference between somebody who's read the work and who's actually integrated their shadows. You can actually feel a difference. They have an ability to regulate themselves. They're not completely stuck in their story. And Jennifer, your question you want to ask yourself is, why am I a perfect match for this guy? <laughs> what within me wants to rescue him? I think that there's a part of you that wants to be the rescuer, which might be something from your past so instead of and this is the classic thing instead of pointing finger oh look look at him he's so stuck in his story it's wiser for you to really look at hmm what is it about him why am i so attracted to this kind of this type of person is this a pattern for me and so jennifer i'd totally recommend you to jump in tomorrow and 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 figure that out when I, uh, mike says um when i let my thoughts and actions slip my conscious uh, had the same dynamics as his parents. Yep. Uh, Jennifer, take a look at you. This is what I always say to people. Put down the magnifying glass and put pick up a mirror instead. Very classic of codependence. I'm not saying you because I don't know you. Just patterns. Classic of codependence is they externalize. Oh, this person, he's got this and this. Oh, could you fix my boyfriend? Oh, I get this a lot, by the way. Women, oh my gosh, my boyfriend, he's got all these issues. Could you see him? Could you fix, in other words, the controlling adolescent part of you wants to fix, and who's a mother, wants to control your partner because he's not able, he's not like fully all in with you and he hasn't chosen you and, and, and can you fix him so that he can finally get his shit together and then ask me to marry him? And I always tell them, I always tell those women, did he ask for me? I don't take, I don't, we don't do appointments with people who have to have their girlfriends make appointments for us. We only actually work with people who are like choosing this because you can't feed people unless they're hungry for it. So Mike says, when I let my thoughts and actions slip, my conscious awareness and react instead of respond, I can slip into each of those storylines depending on the situation. It's difficult sometimes to catch myself. Mike, absolutely. It's very difficult. It's a skill. It's a practice, Mike. And um, tomorrow I teach you exactly how to go through the process of learning how to, how to tran translate it, how to transform that i would uh if you feel called uh and you want to jump in and learn follow that link in the comments and just check it out it is a completely transformative five hours and uh people go in completely their lives changed their conflicts dismantled with some tools to take into 2021 it's pretty badass jennifer says this was how we first connected we had the same story and his parents and my yes exactly trauma bonding exactly jennifer you proving my point 
You're perfect. The question you want to keep asking is, why am I a perfect match for that? And instead of externalizing and pointing to him and his story, it's funny because I think your story is all about telling other people's stories. <laughs> That's your story. So I'd love to see what would happen. What, what do you think would happen if you were to make it a priority to heal that and join us? Tomorrow night, Sunday night special. Sacred pause. This is so much fun. This is like 20 years of personal growth, uh, of pain, of my own pain, integrating my own methodology of healing your attachment wounds. And the results have been tremendous. Like, ugh, like people having heart-opening moments of healing. Uh, one woman, Tina, I remember, she was so stuck in a story. It was crazy. She was, <laughs> I want to give you an example. We do this exercise at the beginning where you write down your letter of resentment. So you, you write down what you're resentful for. And um, at the end, after everything's over, you have this heart-opening realization. And uh, you start to see that whatever you're projecting in that other person and the story that you have about them, it's actually within yourself. And so Tina puts up her hand at the end. She goes, I don't get it. This didn't work for me. I go, what is it? Uh, what was your story? He goes, he betrayed me. Betrayed you? How? He lied to me and he betrayed me. What happened? We were married for 13 years. We have a son. We have a kid. And he left me. Turns out he was gay and he left me for a man. He lied to me. He betrayed me. And she could. She was like, I didn't, I didn't betray anyone. I didn't lie. I didn't betray. And I'm like, really? So let me get this straight. You were with this guy for 13 fucking years, and you had no idea he was gay? You didn't have even, like, you could sort of tell. You're living with somebody. It's hard. Like, I mean, if you're living with someone... It's kind of hard not to know if someone's gay if you're living with them. And she said, I knew he was gay. I'm like, what do you mean? I kept asking him, are you gay? It seems like you're gay. Are you gay? And he kept denying it. To, he kept denying it. He, he lied to me. I said, hold on. What did you just say? Did you say you knew he was gay? He goes, I knew from the beginning. I kept asking, but he lied to me. I said, well, then who betrayed who? And she was like, oh, my God. She starts bawling. I betrayed myself. Ah! She starts bawling. Now, I'm not making fun, but I'm just using this as an illustration of how massive our blind spots are when we are so stuck in a story, we can't see it, but everybody else around us can. That's the shitty that's the shitty part about this. <laughs> I love to hear people's stories and I agree I need to look deeper at my own. How do I access your event tomorrow? Here it is. Right here. Jennifer, I'm going to give you some coaching right now. Um your story, you avoid your own story by getting immersed in other people's as a distraction from healing your own wounds because they're too painful for you to address so you get involved in other people's stories. Now, I'm not saying it's personal to you. It's universal for a lot of people, especially those who are rescuers and fixers. If you're a rescuer and a fixer, Jennifer is a classic example. 
hero, rescuer. You want to be the hero. You want to be the rescuer. So what you do is you abandon yourself and your own wounds and you go and start immersing yourself in other people's stories. And unconsciously you don't know, but this is how you gain relevance. You feel like a hero. And that is your story. And then what ends up happening is, is this is the pattern, you get into this fixer-pleaser. What you're really saying is, I want love. Samantha, yes, you do. Good thing you're, you're there tomorrow, Sam. You're coming tomorrow. You're going to learn. You're, you're coming tomorrow, right, Sam? You've already registered, so we'll show you. This is what happens. You go and you rescue. You think it's about pleasing other people, but what you're actually saying is, please love me. If I get involved in your story and I fix you, maybe then I'm going to get the love that I didn't get when? As a little child. <gasps> Thereby exposing your wound that you have been abandoning forever by rescuing and taking care of other people thinking you're doing it to please and you're doing it for others but you're actually doing it for love but if you were to stop doing that for a minute which is scary as fuck because you've now gotten an identity out of pleasing other people it's where your strong suit is it's what oh how can i oh, how can i fix you and, and 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 try to be important so that i can be loved well and here's the scary thing is to abandon all other externals and make a priority of going after and rescuing you it would be and here's the terrifying thing you think that by doing that you think that by do yes guilty is charged my wounds are perfectionism yep exactly and Jennifer thank you for being so vulnerable I like I love working with people like that when you didn't turn around like and turn into a Karen screw you are you saying no, no, no. that's what happens those disqualified from this work <laughs> those those types of people are not fit for this type of work. Only people humble enough to go, yeah, I do that. Ah, okay, it's time to heal because <clears throat> this is going to impact my children. This is the most important thing. This has to be the most important thing because that abandoned younger self is the, the, the wounded child that really needs our support needs our love but it's the scariest thing because it involves you not having to distract yourself by pleasing others because you've developed such an identity expect yourself to be terrified by not getting this validation externally and stopping and learning how to give it to yourself it's not an overnight quick fix but this is the work and when you commit to this doesn't happen overnight but when six weeks seven weeks eight weeks our clients start to say you know what People are treating me differently. I'm starting to feel love coming back to me without having to need, I, didn't, I don't have to work for it. I feel worthy of it just for being me. <gasps> That's a win. Then you show up better as a parent. Then you show up better at work. Then your income goes up because you feel worthy all of a sudden. All of everything is on the other side of that. Jennifer, Run, don't walk, jump in. If you're resonating with this, you can grab one of our last spots and join us tomorrow. And here's what I want you to do. I have a special offer for those who are doing this kind of like last minute. Once you register and you get that, hit reply on the email, on the registration email, and tell me your exact story. 
tell me your exact story. I'll dismantle it a little bit for you. And what I'll do is I will, yes, humility is a prerequisite for shadow work. Exactly. It's not for everybody. Some people are not ready. Like, I can't imagine somebody like Donald Trump doing shadow work. It just It's not going to work. You got to be willing to look at your shadows, right? That's the key. You got to be willing to look at your shadows. In fact, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt when you see the degree of of inauthenticity and bullshit from these stories we've been running. It's And it'll piss you off and it will set you free. It's life-changing. It's life-changing. It is seriously life-changing. And I'm sorry to get the notification. I didn't get the notification that you started. Yeah, well, go ahead and watch... Uh, uh, watch the, um, uh, the, the the replay, maybe even watch the first one and then watch this one because it got cut off. And um, yeah, definitely jump in. And Bonnie, especially you, um, especially you, you're in your situation that you shared, you're so stuck in your story because you posted that those screen captures. Watch this again. Tell me what comes up. Basically, what I'm hearing is uh, your sister-in-law feels unappreciated for everything she has done, and she's trying to. Ha she she doesn't feel heard and appreciated for what she's done, and you feel attacked because she's not supporting you. So you're kind of like in that needy stage, and she's kind of in that uh, uh, adolescent. So she, you're stuck in a wounded child story, and she's in the adapted adolescent story, if you really look carefully. So go ahead and rewind and watch it again, because I know, um, I know you, you wanted some clarity on that. So this, this training will help give you that clarity. So does anyone have any questions? Jennifer, I expect to see you tomorrow. And make sure you send me your story. Uh, I want to know. Um, I know... Uh, Samantha, you're coming tomorrow. I'm excited too. Samantha, please, I, one of the things that I wanted to share with you based on what you shared is don't use, I, I want you to think of what the cost would be to your life if you don't make healing those attachment wounds a priority. A lot of times people worry about the, I, I'm a single mom. I'm worried. I want you to think, because we work with single moms, when they see the cost to their lives, to their kids' lives, of not feeling that sense of self-worth to be able to feel worthy of receiving love, worthy of receiving abundance, what does that cost you over the last five years? What would it cost you over the next 10 years to not make that a priority? Yes, it's scary. But when you jump all in, the universe starts to provide you with confirmation in so many other ways of what you're gaining by jumping in and healing yourself. You gain. It's not what you're losing. You gain so much. But you can't see that if you're unwilling to jump. So I'm going to invite you to throw away your rationalization follow your instinct follow your heart follow the impulse that's calling you and join us this is not a scam i offer a full refund to any of my live events if you're not happy just explain to me what's what you didn't like so that i can improve for next time and you get a full refund no questions asked so 
She keeps throwing my past in my face. Exactly. She feels unheard, Bonnie. She feels unheard and you feel attacked and you haven't healed from your past. You haven't gotten over your past and she's exposing your unresolved shame about it. So your work, Bonnie, is to actually heal from the shame of your past so that you can have her feel heard. Because if you are unresolved with your past, you can't hold space for somebody else. She feels unheard and resentful. And everybody's entitled to their resentments. But if you're unresolved with your past and you're still holding on to shame and guilt about it, which sounds like you are, because that's the way you're tr talking to yourself, your work is to heal from that. You can transform the whole thing and stop being a victim. You totally could. <clears throat> Really released, just not all healed, but willing to do what's responsible and priority. Heidi, um, if you make yourself a priority and heal those wounds and get it out of your body and jump in and join us, you'll have a completely different experience in 2021. A lot of people who've jumped in uh, the last time, uh, I think it was, uh, what was her name again? Leslie. Oh my gosh. She... She was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I'll put it on a credit card, fine. I don't know, this is, I don't know if this will work. She comes and shows up, and her mind was completely blown. She tried to commit suicide three times before this, and over the last couple of years, we've had suicidal people come to this event, and literally, it shifted their depression. Because what we do is we completely shift that misunderstanding you have about life. Once you've shifted your misunderstanding about life itself, all of a sudden, the depression was gone. She literally felt like it was gone because the misunderstanding about her life was transformed. So I love doing that. So anybody who has any other questions, uh, send me a DM. But uh, if you jump in and send me your story, I'm going to help you weave that in tomorrow. I'm going to help you personally working through that story if I know exactly what it is. What it is. I will weave it in. So when you register, send me a, an email, hit reply, tell me what your story is and what you'd love to get out of tomorrow, and I'm going to help you personally. I can't wait. Merry Christmas to those of you. This has been probably the best Christmas of my life. It just keeps getting better. Two years ago, I was in a really stuck place, but I committed to this work. I feel safer in my body. I feel more on purpose. I feel more alive. I have a purpose that's greater than myself, which is healing family trauma, healing inherited family trauma that wasn't your fault and it didn't start with you. But you can actually break the pattern moving forward, and it's pretty exciting when you do. Big love to you. Let me know what landed for you, Jennifer. We'll see you at the next perfect time. Follow the link.